Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster, with me from the Chicago office, as usual, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are we doing out in Chicago? How's the weather? Oh, Cody, it's a beautiful day here in Chicago. We're at 73 degrees on this beautiful October 4th day. So excited to get back out there into the world this afternoon. And it looks like we've got a beautiful week ahead of us. Excited to bring us another beautiful GDT rundown. I'll give you the rundown. I don't know how beautiful it is. All right. You know, I think this GDT stands in a bit of contrast compared to the last few. If we look at the futures market on whole milk powder and skim milk powder and butter coming into this auction over the last few days, they were all of them expecting increases. Whole milk powder was actually looking for about a 6% increase while skim milk powder was looking for more of around 2%, maybe maybe 3% on some contracts. As the cookie crumbled here and the auction wound itself up, what we found was whole milk powder down 4.3%. Again, that just stands in such contrast to futures that were looking for almost a 6% increase. So quite a range there from expectations to where we actually settled up. Getting into skim milk powder, again, that was looking for about 2%. It settled down 1.4% at $1.59 on a non-fat equivalent. As we move over to butter, the biggest loser of the day was butter. That was down 7%. And so uh, futures were looking for a little bit higher there in butter. And that's going to come in at about a two twenty on a dollar per pound on an 80% equivalent. And then finally, cheddar, one of the ones that we really look at here, that came in 3.5% and settled the day at about $2.25 on a dollars per pound basis. Well, there's the rundown. I know a lot of folks are going to ask, John. So GDT was down as a, as a whole, a conglomerate there. But our prices, especially class three and cheese, were higher. What's going on? What's what's the, what's the backstory with that? Yeah, you bet. And I think uh, in order to answer that, you've got to go back in time, call it uh, two months ago maybe a month and a half ago, and I think everybody here can remember that blocks were $1.75, and barrels weren't much higher than that. Um, and that was at a time when these GDT prices out here were about two twenty-five, and the European price was about where it's at right now in the 250s. And we, we kept saying... The, we're going to export product. We're going to export product. And one of the things that's held us back in the past of exporting product were logistics issues. One after another, we start seeing these logistics issues get past us. And finally, we start hearing about, hey, we're exporting product. And as a result of those exports here, you see the U.S. price. We've moved from that mid-170s, if you will. Blocks today ending up just above two and barrels in the high 220s. So we've seen a significant rally in the cheese market here in just the last three to four weeks. I think that has everything to do with exports, and it has those exports have everything to do with the pricing differential that we were at several weeks ago when those export contracts were cut. We get to this auction today and you see the cheddar price is pulled back a little bit and you say, well, shouldn't that be bearish for U.S. prices? And my answer to you would be, uh, it could be, but in the export world, a lot of contracts are cut for quarters at a time, if not a half year at a time. People tend not to like to buy spot. So once we've locked those contracts in, 
those contracts are typically set on a fixed price. And while you could say, well, hey, we're at $2.11 right now and New Zealand's at two twenty-five, that's probably not going to get any exports. Uh, I, I encourage people to think about the idea that those export contracts were cut a long time ago and they were cut at likely at a fixed price much lower than the current price. And what that means is as we move up in price here in the U.S., that export buyer they're not paying in that 213 area. They're, they're, they're not paying that. What they are paying is whatever they fixed going back several weeks ago. And again, most of these futures were in those, you know, 190s at one point in time. So I think that's important to point out. As we look over at the skim milk powder market, though, this is going to be a problem. We ended the GDT today at $1.59. The European market uh, we'll, we'll see what comes out of it this week. My sense is it'll go down, but last week it settled the week at $1.62. That's just not good for the U.S. market to see that international price coming down. We did respond today by moving lower, but not significantly. We're at $1.54. My guess is, is that you know we can probably pick up a little bit of export business here, but we're coming into a time of the year where you know it, we're just not the, the exports are probably going to start slowing down as opposed to picking up. And when people start to see that international price of skim coming down, they tend to back off here in the U.S. So I, I do want people to be aware that non-fat skim milk powder price moving lower on the GDT. I think we've got some more pressure coming to that end of things. As we look over to butter, though, butter is a much different story. If we say that we uh, in non-fat we export you know, well over 50% of our annual production cheese. I think it's 10 to 15%, maybe a little bit higher than that sometimes, up to 17%, I think, on cheese of our annual production. When it comes to butter, we just don't export that much. And that means that we're not as subject to the international price as the other two commodities. When it gets into butter, U.S. butter today, 321, EU butter, 303, New Zealand ends the day, like I said, at $2.20. Does the fact that we are the highest butter price in the world matter? The answer is yes, of course. It means that we won't be exporting any export contracts that you know are still in place. We will be exporting, but as they expire, we won't be signing any new export contracts, as well as we're probably going to be importing quite a bit of butter fat or as much butter fat as possible based on the fact that we're at 321, New Zealand's at 220. My guess is, is that right now people are trying to find any way possible to get butter fat into the U.S. when they can probably do it a lot cheaper than 321 a pound. However, I do want to say that that takes time. That doesn't happen overnight, and it takes time for that to start to have an effect. When it has an effect, it typically cascades on itself. But right now, we are in the, you know, probably, no pun intended, the Super Bowl of butter demand. Uh, as people are preparing for the holidays, the fall holidays and the, the Christmas holidays, you know, there's a lot of retail butter that's getting from a logistics standpoint. It's going to have to be built and shipped and getting into the store here. And I think we're going to have that demand here for at least the next two weeks, if not maybe a little bit longer. And as we, the further we get into the fall, I think that that demand starts to step away and we probably see the U.S. price move significantly lower. Here's one for you, Cody. I'd like to say that if I were to say to you, we've got a 70 cent drop coming in on the butter market, you would say, John, that's crazy. The butter market, 70 cents, that's a huge move. And I, I would have to follow it up by saying at the current price, if we broke 70 cents, we would still be at $2.50 in butter. Isn't that wild? Even with that big of a break, you're still holding 250 
in the butter market. Correct. So I, I think I, I want I, I, the reason I bring that up is I think we have to be aware of the context here and say, hey, yes, there's probably a significant price break coming in butter. Or I say we typically see that as we get through the holidays and move into the new year. I really don't expect this year to be different, and especially with the discount that the rest of the world is trading at to the U.S. However, I, I do want to say from a contextual standpoint that we're probably going to see a significant move lower, but we will stabilize at levels that are at historically high price levels as we move uh, into the Q1. And I think we'll stay at those levels until we can prove that we've solved the problem here in the U.S. as it relates to butter. So we've got a little bit of time before that the, the massive drop, uh, potential massive drop would come upon us then. That's right. If we're going to see if we're going to see a drop coming, it's probably not going to be tomorrow. But the further along we move, call it mid-October into the end of October, you know, that that demand that we're seeing come to the CME and trading size up here. I think it was sometime last week we traded 23 loads on the exchange in just one day. I don't know if that was a record, but it had to be close. And that is just such an unbelievable thing to see from somebody who's been sitting in this seat for as long as I have when the idea of trading 23 loads of butter in a month was a big deal. To see 23 loads trade in one day is just such a significant point in time to see. And 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 most of all, in my opinion, what that says is it just adds legitimacy to the fact that we are at the price that we're at. If we were up here at this 320 level and, you know, we were playing a game of keep away and, and people weren't, you know, just weren't selling and people just bid it up. That's one thing, right? I mean, yes, that's the price and that's the price people have to pay. At the same point in time, you, you always say, well, it's on light volume. When I see 23 loads trade in one day and the price is still above $3, that is just such, that just says something about the market. And, and to see people, buyers come back the very next day and say, okay, I want more. Now we're back up into the 320 area. I, I just love it from a standpoint of liquidity and legitimacy. And it just tells you that we're up here for a reason. There is no way around that. And the price is going to solve whether or not we go lower or higher from here. My sense, though, is, is that when you put very high cream multiples on very high butter levels, you're creating a butter fat price that is at historically high levels, if not record. And we do know it's record high levels. There, there's a demand killer in there, right? As well as we'll move past the retail butter standpoint of the year and, and we'll lose that demand. And like I said, we'll probably see fat imports starting to come in and that just chips away at the demand. And I, I just look at it to say it feels like we've got a pretty decent downside move coming here in butter. At the very least, probably more downside than there is upside at this point as we move through the year. What's the old adage? Uh, low prices, cure low prices, high prices, cure high prices, right? You got that, Tommy? <laughs> That's how it uh, how it usually goes in the industry, my friend. Yes, sir. Well, switching to the other side, John, I think you know what we're going to ask next, uh, talking about the buying on the GDT today. China was there, was there in a little way, was totally gone. You know, China was here. And I, I, I think when we talk about China, it's important to point out, and, and I get, you know, emails and uh, some commentary from people. And I encourage anybody that's listening to this to make sure to, if you have comments or questions, please let me know. But I do try to take them seriously. And and a lot of people have written in to say, well, China was there. You say China 
wasn't on the auction, but they were there. And I think the important context is, yes, China is present on the GDT. They've kind of had some ebbs and flows over the course of the last two to three months and really go back to the beginning of the year is really where those ebbs and flows began. But if we look at it from the demand structure that was coming out of China in 2021, we look significantly different. So yes, if we compare it to the exact same auction as compared to last year at this time, Chinese demand was up 19%. No way around that, but that was when China was already on its downslope. And when we compare it to where they were at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, you know, they're down in some cases almost 50% from where they were. And I think it's just important to keep that in line. Yes, China was here. They just weren't there with the significant buying force that they would have you know, we've seen in the past, and that just allows prices to come lower. It is worth pointing out, though, that Southeast Asia, they were there. They have been a strong force, but they're down 3% on a year-over-year basis. So 3% is not a whole lot more, and it's not a whole lot less, clearly. But what I would point out is that, you know, in the past couple months, as Chinese demand has stepped off, Southeast Asia demand has picked up. Right. And we've seen growth on the Southeast Asia side. And for Southeast Asia to really be down 3%, not really making up for the lack of Chinese demand, that, you know, it just kind of took the bid out of here a little bit. And the Middle East has really been strong over the last couple months. This time they were only up 10% on a year over year basis. So just important to keep that in mind that people are here. Dairy is trading. I can't stress enough how. People are arguing with the idea of skim milk powder going down, and we're at $1.60. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about skim milk powder getting over $1.20. And for four years, we were, I think four years, we were below a dollar. So we're talking about prices coming off here at historically high levels. And, you know, that's one side of the argument. But how are we at still at historically high levels? Well, one is that milk production is not awesome around the world. But most importantly, demand is still, take the, the the massive Chinese demand out of the mix, demand is still really good. It's just not quite as strong as it was, you know, going back into last year, specifically out of China. That's the glass half empty side. Again, let's go to the glass half full. Other people are here. They're buying. Milk supply isn't significant. And China China hasn't bought a whole lot. And the argument goes that the longer China waits, the more China is going to have to buy when they come in. And when they do, all these other regions of the world have sucked up the product and there won't be that much there. And we'll have it'll be like rocket fuel on this market. And I won't rule that out. I still won't rule that out. I just think that we all have to stand back and say, I can't count on that. And I I think we have to keep that in mind is to say, when China steps back in, China steps back in. But they're not here now. And I feel like predicting when they're going to be here is a bit of a fool's errand. I I just can't. And the reason I say that is because I've been the fool on that one and, and tried to look at it through as many different spectrums as I can to say, well, they should be back. And, And the fact of the matter is they aren't. Again, the longer they're out, probably the more they have to buy. But today, they're not here. And I think we have to keep that in mind. And at the same point in time, even without China here, we're still talking about $1.60 nonfat. We're talking about $2.26 butter on the GDT and two twenty-five cheese. That's an impressive statement all in itself. I was going to say, that seems like a pretty dangerous game to play and, and something to hang your hat on, saying one of the 
big conglomerates of the world is going to be back and trying to guess when they're going to be back. Not something that I would want to risk my business on, that's for sure. I hear you. But awesome. Well, John, again, we appreciate your insight. Like John mentioned, we, we, we read the emails, we take the phone calls, any questions that folks have, we try to answer them to the best of our abilities. If you have any of those questions or comments from this podcast, please feel free to write in, call in, and uh, we'll get the answers as best we can. But until next time, which is two weeks from now, uh, we appreciate everybody listening in on the GDT Tuesday. Have a great week. We will talk to you soon. Thank you.